I wish I recorded a lot of our conversations in the past because they were so awesome. I can't recreate that, but I wasn't going to invade your privacy like that. I want to have genuine conversations with you. But you have to understand, for me to keep the memory, because tomorrow is a new day for tomorrow me. Tomorrow I start over. Every fucking day is a new fucking day. If you feel like you could make a difference. You know, every day I was doing medical advocacy for you, which made things different for me because I got to get out of my house every day. I started to rebuild that muscle memory. Me being able to help you is honestly giving me a chance to say thank you to you for things that I don't think you realize are so important. Yeah. 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 Well, you have something important to say. You've had a majority of your life spent with crap situations. You know, whether it's growing up poor or in the household that you grew up with, no option. If you're in this boat, that means so many other people are in the same boat as you. Make sense? Yeah. You are probably the most exceptional people I've, I've ever met, truly. You should know that. Um, what? <laughs> you are one of the few exceptional, meaning just... Oh, exceptional. Yeah. Okay. She actually said her first case was like a six-year-old and she was there for like 14 hours or something. I was like, oh, oh great. Man. I was waiting, waiting for that. So I had 270 hours and I had no children. That's not, that's a pretty good record. Think about it. So every time I was in the ER expecting there to be a kid, there never was. So I think that was a little protection. And now that I'm not doing it because I don't have the capacity for it, there's no way I could not do what I did before. I don't even know how I came up with the words. That's why I'm saying for me to do medical advocacy with you was the same feeling I had because I had to get a way to get out of my house. With the advocacy in the ER, you have to be there within 20 minutes. So you can't even dilly-daddle. Like you have to... You know that's common? What's that? You know that's common? What's that? There's an area in psychology that they talk about women that can't get out of their house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I read about that. Let's pick up that discussion tomorrow. I'll ask okay. you about that. And just so okay. you know, well, I'll... See, I remember that when you started getting couldn't get out of the house and stuff. Mm -hmm. You told me about that and I said, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> you know what I realized about it too? The severity of it? It wasn't just leaving the house and walking towards the city of violence like oh my god i'm going into chicago by leaving the safety of my house it was also anticipating having to come home to a house of violence so it yeah. is a one-two combo and i do talk about this one-two combo quite quite a bit we get talking on the telephone i don't know how long you've been talking now about an hour um maybe i don't know oh yeah my phone well, says not, oh my god 59 minutes that's a, funny a whole month or so ago you was about, about an hour or so yeah, yeah. And you'll, your voice will get worn down. Yeah, and I start hearing that. Your voice. <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Thanks for sharing. I had no idea that it was... Yeah, I get fatigued. It's just fatigue. But yeah, we've been talking for exactly 59 minutes and 31 seconds, it says on my phone. So that's cool. Hello? 59 seconds and 30... 39... 40 seconds now. Well, 49. Yeah, yeah it's, ca it's literally yeah, counting. An hour. Yeah, an yeah. hour. Okay. Again, your observations and your feedback and your willingness to share with me is really how I recovered. It really is. It's I can I can give credit to the Reiki Eastern Medicine. Oh, this one PT who was so kind and took amazing notes. But I think what it comes down to is the one-on-one -on -one interactions you have with people that you don't think. I mean, I would never have met you without the injury. Quite frankly, think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you had never would have met if you hadn't stopped and start talking to me. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There is this initiative in my neighborhood. It's something that's so silly now, but the initiative is called Hey Neighbor. This was back in probably 2015, 16. And Cabrini Green, you know, that neighborhood was a lot different back then. 
again. It was different when I moved in in 2009. They just said to make sure you keep friendly in your neighborhood to say hello to people. And I literally took it seriously. And the best part was, is I would say hi to people. Like, oh, hi. Have a great day. One person literally almost fell over because they were like, what? What? Are you talking to me? I'm like, yeah, I was just saying hello and have a great day. They almost like, oh, oh my God, like that's never happened before. I'm like, oh, well, okay. It's just something I try to do. I don't know if I told you this, but I always catch litter bugs. I don't care if he's like a gangbanger or someone in the park selling dope and I saw him like, you know, he's boosting shit or whatever. I don't care who you are. If you're a litter bugging, I am going to call you out on it. And 100% of the time, they would pick up their trash. I said, do you have any anywhere to go right now? Are you in a hurry? No. Then I need you to go back over there and pick up your litter. <laughs> and I think that's how I got my reputation because then people knew me as... As, oh, she's the teacher that calls you out for littering and she's the advocate that helps homeless. <laughs> You're right. I am the same person because um, somebody would say to me, like, aren't you afraid that someone's going to like not, you know, just kind of like, like be rude or, or get angry with you? I'm like, no, nobody likes a litter bug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up here, they're not that dirty up here. Yeah, they're uh, they're pretty good up here. Well, that's good to hear. There's an alley there, okay? Mm-hmm. I can look and see how much trash is out there in the, in the street. There ain't very much. There's only two or three people, places that you'll see trash, a garbage bag and stuff like that. That's nothing. Well, the one thing is, is there are trash cans like everywhere. So there is really no oh, yeah. excuse. Well, the, the garbage trucks, they run up and down here. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, <laughs> they all stuff out here all the time. Yeah. Oh, wow. That is a lot. Yeah, they come in here and they load up garbage trucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Monday morning, there's one garbage truck comes by and picks up one dumpster just to get one dumpster out of there. Yeah. And it goes next place around. That's where they do it. Mm-hmm. Let's take a quick break. So the focus on trash and litter bugging is because I want to start talking about no waste or creating as little waste as possible and how this sort of helped me during a really stressful time in my life when there seemed to be waste all around me and how I developed a strategy. Also, rubbish or bin people keep popping up here and there. I think that was sort of a popular phrase to call people at some point. And whenever I hear that phrase, I get this image of certain people. They're the bullies that are bullying their own kids or allowing their kids to be bullied because they don't know what to do. That's the only definition for that. Also, the mantra, the, I forget what you call it. You know, if everyone threw away one piece of trash a day, we would live in a landfill. But if everyone picked up one piece of trash a day, are we kind of experiencing what community truly is. And finally, the Lincoln Park Community Center. She keeps popping up because to de-demonize the homeless, they have the homeless pick up trash. And I just suggested, well, what if we created a group of people like the Parks Foundation where we all pick up trash together? I guess that wasn't the place to share ideas. I just don't think that that's a way to de-demonize the homeless. Have people do it together. Get to know them. Have a conversation. I say this because I've been walking downtown and I've seen people ride their bikes by them yelling, putting themselves at risk to take the effort to yell at somebody you should be doing something like picking up trash or you're worthless right in front of your eyes it happens all the time it's just why use that energy for that kind of thing you know you have a choice you always have a choice thanks for calling because i actually was thinking about you that day but i i realized there's a i always do want to check in and make sure you're okay but uh i just wasn't capable of taking the call in that moment it's, so it's that's nice. okay it's okay. I heard what's going on. It's okay. I know. I kind of just screamed at you and hung up. <laughs> I was like, I gotta go. Bye. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, well, you're 
you're you that's what I want to know. Thank yeah. you. Well, you're used to me. All right, Mr. Baker. So we'll talk tomorrow. This, this, the phone, I don't know why it's going to carry through or not. And so, but you do. That's in an intercommunicate with this telephone company. I'll see what they do. And I got to shut the telephone, shut the computer down. And Miss Scott yeah. isn't capable of helping you? Isn't she supposed to organize this, being the case manager? Well, they don't. You know how helpers do. Okay, mm-hmm. they come in and they put up, hook up the thing so you can run the computer, and then they're supposed to do this, this, and instruct you, but they don't. They just take off. Hey, I got to find out how in the hell to work it, son of a bitch. Exactly. You yeah. have to be able to get on there and practice. <laughs> okay. Okay. Have a good night. Stay warm. Don't go outside. Oh, no. It's going to be oh, minus yeah, 11. Okay, I'll get you later. Okay, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Okay, what, about three? Whatever works for you. Does that work for you best? Yeah, something like 3 o'clock, that'd be good. Okay, sounds good. All right. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. So every day is a new day. I wake up and I check my phone. Sometimes there's a message that's written and I didn't send it. Sometimes I'm tweeting something and I didn't finish it. I just pass out. It's so interesting. I used Periscope to talk, talk, talk until I fatigue myself. Like, what do I do with all this adrenaline? So I chose when the feeling rises up to do something. I remember because there's these signs on the bus that would say, see something, say something. And also stand up for disability, which gave me the idea to do stand-up comedy four times. And the fourth time I was told, you aren't holding the microphone towards your face, so we can't hear you. I thought, oh, that's why no one's laughing. Mostly though, I realized I wasn't physically able to be in that space. And also the amount of triggering that was happening in that space was outnumbering the ability to outnumbering, numbering, the ability to get through it. It is a numbers game. It always is. Anyway, I'm going to share what I learned. And because that Hippocratic Oath is so strong, do no harm, there's no way that the handful of people that I encountered in Chicago weren't connected in some way. Every experience I've had is what allowed me to move forward in an area where I never thought I could be whole in. That area is wanting a wedding, wanting to be married, wanting a family. (laughs) And eventually I would have gotten there. I really have said my entire life, I'm gonna adopt, I'm gonna be alone (laughs) because the biggest hurdle, well, I'll tell their stories, but they are the ones that deserve all the credit. So if you're out there and you hear me, please reconnect. I want to inform you what happened after we parted, whether I met you in DBT or CBT or that chronic pain management program or back at the school when you gave me the warning. And that's it, the list of warnings. So maybe that's the first step. These are the words on replay. And without the warnings, especially about self-harm, I never could have gotten ahead of it. I was prepared. I knew exactly, well, I didn't know what to expect, but I figured this is it. Oh my God, this is what those people were describing over and over over and the facilitators, the way they treated them. I just knew that I would treat them differently. No surprises. I told every doctor in healthcare, every specialist, every individual at the union, everyone I encountered, because I don't like surprises. So why would I assume you do too? You are creating my advocacy. I make a decision. 
Am I being attracted to this or am I being repulsed by this? It's literally magnets, plus and minus. I went back to basics and trusted my gut. And that's Loyola University because they told me, when you volunteer, choose something that you may or may not be familiar with, but that you want to learn more about and that speaks to you. And I was always homeless because that was what we had focused on in the church all the time. Giving more and taking less and hunger and why the first stories I want to share are the adoption stories because of a woman named Micah Stauffer who made a comment that her adopted son was eating so much food all the time and it kind of bothered me that the opinion or the response was to be judgmental about this and not understanding of the plight of those children who well that's why I want to adopt but we'll see I might not get there but I do know that I had the conversation with every person. We don't ever have to get married because it's not something I want. And yet I did. So what were the words that convinced me? What was the conversation? No. And why? Well, everything was meant to happen. Okay? I'm not clever enough to layer this in amazing imagery or symbolism or metaphor. I can't write the sentences that I can hear and yet can't seem to put to the keyboard yet. But maybe I will one day. But until then, I will tell the story verbatim because I have found that it helps to remove the triggers. And the first thing, I think, because I keep repeating it, is to make that list of all those warning. The first one I'll share verbally is, hey, don't stand by the vents because everyone can hear you. And how are you doing? Welcome back. And I said, yeah, this place is really strange. You know what the strangest thing was? Is when I walked into the office and was expecting to see the assistant principal. Because she's always there because people have to check in. They use their time card. And and I had put it in the slot and heard the noise and Kronos it's called because even if you're late a minute, you get docked 15 minutes. That's just the rule. And stealing time is extremely disrespectful. If you're a tenured teacher, the only two things I was told at the time by another colleague was insubordination. They tell you to do something, you don't do it. And stealing time are absolutely offensible things. And the thing is, is when I turned around, she was in my face. Did you sign in? And I said, what? No hello? Because you always say hello you're standing there to make sure no teacher stamps another teacher's time card. That was the first time in my entire life I had not seen, well, the assistant principal mostly, but when she's not available, somebody else standing there, usually the secretary. And that's kind of the point. It was different. And I knew what she was going to do because once I had clocked in, they realized there are little threats of not being able to make an accommodation of making the first floor room a classroom for my students, now they had to just deny my kids a classroom entirely. That's why, just do the right thing. Because when you don't, you're then forced into situations where I think most people wouldn't want to go. And yet, I would not understand the behavior unless I understood the severity. Absolutely showing that this school does da na na, does the opposite of what I think public education is about. It's not a vehicle for rich families to have free high school when public education is about supporting those to give them the best chance to reach their full potential. All right, I got my teacher voice back. Tomorrow I'll be having a conversation with Mr. Baker. And as you can see, advocacy truly is a dialogue, not a monologue. I'm monologuing. It's really hard. It's also the first step in a three-step process to end PTSD, suicide, trauma, and that biological uptick that absolutely is your body's instinctual survival. All right, have a wonderful night, everyone. And I'm doing my best to remember the next day tomorrow to not forget the appointment, 3 p.m. Set it so I don't forget it. And also to make sure I'm ready to hear it. 
because he's going to tell me how over the past three, four years or so, there has been some changes that he's noticed. And he's the only one that's willing to speak. Did you sign in to remove the triggers? And the first thing, I think, because I keep repeating it, did you sign in to remove the triggers? And the first thing, I think, because I keep repeating it, is to make that list of all those warnings. Did you, did sign, you sign in? in? Because one thing that happens in education is you need to go to a professional development meeting. The school will have to do that. So they give teachers a professional development day, no students, and they have to provide something to help you. Well, I was supposed to go to the third floor to do this and I couldn't. So I would sit in the space, room 110, and the principal would have me sign the sign-in sheet like I was there. And I'd say, well, I literally emailed them during the time. Could we have the meetings in this room? What's the big deal if everyone went to the third floor and came down to the first floor? Anyway, they asked me to do that repeatedly. So they're creating na 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 fake documentation that I'm in these professional developments when I'm just supposed to sit there for an hour. Not clock out, of course. Sign in like I'm there. And that's why I just did everything they told me to in subordination. Right? And then this one. What is this one? Oh. And the first thing, I think, because I keep repeating it, is to make that list. Okay, let's make that list. When I was... Before injury. Before injury, one thing I would do if I was having, you know, a little bit of a slow start to my morning, would just make a list. And the first three things I would write, well, one, wake up, two, make a list, and then three, the thing that I needed to make a list about like ooh, today's a hectic day i should make a list and also i'm not feeling my best anyway i started doing that i said well this is a really rough day let me make the list and i get a piece of paper out number one i couldn't write it i didn't know what to write i couldn't make the list so this has been a goal of mine for a very long time this is the best list the audio warning specific enough isolated enough and extremely helpful to identify the scenes i'm going to write verbatim thank you